Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the car doctor here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. Um, well, what a week it's been. We've had, uh, we had the Volkswagen in for a top replacement. And that went, uh, that was um, longer than it should have taken. <laughs> the dealer sublet it out to somebody and, uh, and the, the shop they sublet it out to, Took uh, took a little while to get there, but uh, we finally we finally got it back, and it looks and it looks fine. So that's all good. Um, we have uh, a lot of information and in news we want to cover. Of course, we want to talk to you and uh, uh, different different things to different things to do and talk about and get things get things ready and organized. Uh, in a little bit, we're going to talk to a uh, coworker of mine who I don't know, but I think a lot more people know him because of what he did a couple weeks ago. And uh, we'll talk to him in just a bit. We just need to give him a call. And uh, there's also some recalls in the news worth mentioning. So there's quite a few quite a few things to quite a few things to look at and quite a few things to get done. So we'll take care of that. And uh, you know some of the things in the news that I looked at was, um, you know, what Chrysler has planned in the upcoming years. Uh, Fiat Chrysler pulled out some surprises, but didn't say, have a lot to say. It says here they're going to plan a three-row version of the Jeep Cherokee. Uh, they're going to have a segment crossover below the Renegade. They're going to have a even smaller SUV, a low-cost version of the Renegade. And then they're going to have a, another three-row SUV. Then in Ram, they're going to come up with a mid-sized pickup truck in the next couple of years. They're going to have a Hellcat-powered off-road pickup truck based on the Ram Rebel TRX. Then they're going to have a heavy-duty pickup with uh, some updated technology, a new Ram ProMaster. And then from Alpha, they're going to have a large crossover, a compact crossover, and a mid-engine vehicle. So there's a lot of different stuff going on. Um, like I said, uh, a week or two ago, one of my coworkers, who I don't know yet, uh, became kind of a local hero. So with us on the phone is Norm Strom. Norm, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we got you up. We got you up early this morning. I, you sent me a text message at like five thirty, I think. So. Well, yeah, I was up early. You were up early. Um, Let's let's get let's uh, let's figure out who you are first. How long have you been with the club? Uh, about going on five years. Five years, and and where'd you come from before you came to AAA? I was working for a uh, company for chairlifts. Oh, okay, all right. And um, let's let's explain what happened. You were out. You were out in your truck. You drive one of our battery trucks, right? Yeah, yeah, a utility truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and you were out you were out driving around and you saw you saw a, a house that was starting to catch on fire, right? Yeah, there was smoke coming from the garage, so I pulled into the yard and uh, basically went in the house and got the people out. By the time I got the cat out, after they said there was a cat in there, the, basically the house totally went engulfed in flames. And and what is it? This 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 was an older couple, right? Couple in their eighties. Yeah, about eighty six or yeah. so. And and he and he had he had like a a welding shop or a machine shop or something at his house, I guess. At one point. Yeah, the the uh, son in law has a welding shop hooked to the house. Yep. So and that's uh, what basically caught on fire. Nothing, nothing like propane and acetylene bursting into flames, huh? Oh yeah, they were shooting by us. <laughs> and and I, I guess I guess the other thing was this guy's also this this guy's a, a hunter or shooter of some sort because I read something in the paper they said you could hear ammunition going off too. Oh yeah, they had guns in the house. They had huge collector of guns. The younger, uh, the son-in-law had guns in the house and stuff. And the uh, the gentleman that was the elderly gentleman, he was a he's a veteran, so he had some of his guns that can't be replaced in oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so what do you have a background in this? Are you um, are you with um, you know? Did, have you ever been a call fireman, volunteer fireman, anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I was in two different towns. I was a volunteer firefighter and uh, uh, retired. Well, uh, basically stopped doing it. Do my dad. My dad came out with Alzheimer's, oh. and I took care of him twenty four hours a day. So I kind of couldn't do the fire department anymore. Yeah, well, you never stop really being on the fire department, right? You just oh you know, no, it's it's kind of in your blood, right? Oh yeah, once you learn, you learn. Yeah, and uh, and when you when you saw this, did you you know you saw the garage that was on fire? You saw smoke coming out of you know smoke and and uh, maybe flames, and um, you didn't uh, you didn't hesitate. You just jumped right in, right? No, oh, yeah, I just went straight in. Just- I mean, enough else you can do. Time is the effort of, you know, houses yep. like that, yep. the old, old construction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those old constructions, they're, they're all like balloon frame houses. So once once one part starts, the fires roll right up the walls, right? Oh, yeah, they go right through the attic. Yep. A lot of times in them single-family homes and stuff like that, they go shoot right straight through the attic. They have no separation between anything. Yeah. Now, how, how soon was it before... You know, you you rolled you rolled up in your truck in the AAA truck. You saw what happened. You banged on the door. You got them out, and once you got them and the cat out, how how soon before uh, the house just was totally engulfed? Well, about not even ten minutes. Wow! So fire trucks, but as soon as they pulled up, it just it just I stepped off the porch when they were pulling up, and then the whole porch propane went through the whole house and just. Set it yeah. totally in flames. I, I bet. And uh, um, when you do that, when you do that kind of thing, it's it, you just feel like it was all adrenaline that kicked in, and you just kind of said, "I got to do this," and and just keep moving. Well, pretty much. I mean, pretty much. That's what all it is. It's adrenaline. But yeah. Knowing that people are in there, it's, you know, it's what you got to do. What you got to do. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and and then the way the way people are with their pets when they said we have a cat inside, you're like, oh boy. And yeah, uh, right yeah, back in. yeah. And uh, and sometimes sometimes the animals aren't all, always that friendly in those circumstances. Well, well, this one was pretty decent. I mean, the, the guy that owns the place, you know, the son-in-law, he said that that cat 
never goes to anybody. But oh. the team pretty much came to me and latched on to me, and off we went. But I grabbed, uh, on the way out with the cat, I grabbed, like, the, the guy who was a veteran, so I grabbed his hat and his jacket, a pair of slippers for her, and uh, the, uh, her pocketbook, and that was yep. all we could sell. Yep. That's all they got left. And uh, have you heard how they're doing? Good. I, I actually stopped by the uh, the grandson of the barber shop right there in uh, Newbury. Yep. And I stopped by the other day and talked to him. He was there at the barber shop. Because the elderly gentleman, yeah. and I, he hung me and thanked me, and it was it was good. Yeah, because that's gonna. I mean, I've talked to people that have been in house fires like that, and when you walk out the door and your house catches on fire, and the only thing you have is what you're wearing, it's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty devastating thing. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's just. And they, he said it's going to be a year before they even get back into the new house. Oh, I bet, I bet, and yeah. and and the idea that how you got any idea how long they lived in that house? Uh, I think they bought it in '78. So. So they've they've been in that house for what's that, 30, 40 years. Um, yeah. And so they got forty. That's been a while. Yeah. So they get forty years worth of, what am I saying? Forty, fifty, I guess. Fifty years worth of yeah. personal yeah. personal stuff in that house that, you know, just can't be replaced. And I'm sure I'm sure as they were kind of going going through all that stuff, they were saying, you know, we had this and we had that, and it's just gone now. So you know. You know, tough for them, but you know, thank you know, thank you for you being there and seeing seeing that was going on. Um, you know, that that was uh, took a lot of courage, took a lot of nerve, and uh, you know, and and I, and I just wanted to get you on and and thank you for doing it and just let people know that you know you. I think I saw a quote somewhere that said, you know, you rescue people all the time, but usually they got dead batteries and flat tires. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. that's what we do. I mean, we rescue you know off the highway right. stuff like that, but not but, in this uh, sense of urgency. Yeah, but. yeah, not 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 to the point where you have to worry about uh, where you have to where you have to worry about uh, propane tanks exploding and stuff like that. But still, you know, when you're by the side of the road, uh, it's dangerous for you guys too. I mean, we we passed the slow down move over law in both uh, Rhode Island and Massachusetts and Connecticut over the last few years. But still, it's a dangerous place to be by the side of the road. Yeah, it seems it seems like the law is there, but it just seems like people still crowd to, you know, almost like the whites make them memorized or, yep. you know, what do you yep. call it? Uh, yep. they, well, basically, like, they, don't, they don't try to pull over. Yep. You know, they'll have a three... They'll have three lanes of traffic. They won't pull over to the far lane so we go around you, but... Yeah, I, I remember years ago I worked for a company that did a lot of roadside stuff, and we tried putting the lights on the left side of the truck, you know, on the you know right side of the truck, on the back of the truck, you know, just to try to just to try to get the light away because we thought the same thing. We're like, you know, drivers are driving down the road and they're like a moth going to a you know a, a light on the back of your house. You know, they're looking, they're going right to the bright light, and when you know some of these people have been out and they've been drinking and doing other things, you know, they they they're not they're not with it, and all they they aim for the lights. So that's a dangerous place. Yeah. For you. yeah, dangerous place for you guys. When you're out there doing you know battery service, have you have you run into any wacky stuff um i know i was talking to uh one of the guys i might I, I think it was one of the one of the trainers jay or or somebody and he said to me he they went out on a call and somebody was concerned about their battery freezing so they put an electric heater on it and the thing was thing was melted into a pile of plastic at the bottom of the battery tray 
Oh yeah, we did some some off the wall things where yeah. they try jumping right, jumping themselves in the jumping cable and laying in the snow all melted right to a crisp. Yeah. They hook them backwards and 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 then and then they say, "What'd you do to my car?" Right? Yeah, well, pretty much. Basically, what we do is if we're there and they're melted like that, yeah, we basically just call dispatch and uh, basically we can't do much for them. Yeah. Just tow it to a shop. Yeah. we don't even. We can't touch them because it's you know. Yeah, there's there's no there's, there's no good gonna come out of that if you know, and and especially if even if you tried to put a battery in it and it blew one of the fuses out and something, you know, who knows what could have happened. So yeah, you're right. Tow it, you know, have it towed to a shop where you can do some good. And the other thing, the other thing I noticed that we do a lot of you know back to safety is a lot of times if you're in a if you're out doing a call and you're not in a great situation, we'll send another truck out to sort of block you guys too, which. Uh, which you see from time to time. And I know even uh, I, I work in Providence and live on the South shore. So I drive about 50 miles each way to work. I even notice sometimes when our contractors are out, one of our trucks will go and, you know, run, run about a hundred yards away from them and just stay there with their lights on just to, just to give that guy a little extra sense of security too. Oh yeah. That's what we do. We're, yep. we're basically trained. So we're basically trained to, uh, Back each other up, yep. best we can, yep. and then even even we try to do it with the uh, contractors. Even a tow truck out there that's doing a service, yep. we, you know, we try to yeah. help them out because they they do it to us. We've actually had a lot of local contractors that don't even belong to AAA uh, actually back us up with lights because yep. they know how it is. Yep. No. No. It makes it makes it makes a lot of sense to try to help everybody out. I mean, you're all everybody. You know, everybody's in this together. You're all trying to you're trying to do the best you can and try to do the job as quick and as safe as you can. And you know, it's people you, people like you that make it happen. And then when you go when you go the extra step and you know you know get somebody out of their burning house before they before they burn up with their house. Um, you know, you're you're you know you're definitely a hero. I don't know. How, I don't know how you feel about that, but you are definitely here. Well, if I told them on the news on the TV stuff, well, newscast, I said I'm just doing my job. We yep. help people. Yeah, that's what that's yep. what we do. Well, does your girlfriend call you a hero at least? Yeah, she does sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the guys at work play that song "Hero" all the time. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I I really I really appreciate everything, you know, you know, you know, to step, you know, even even the part about the house fire part, take that, uh, you know, take that out, um, you know, just the idea that you guys are out there when it's uh, 100 degrees and you guys are out there when it's minus 10 degrees and I, you know, years ago I I was I was out there in situations like that and it's not a lot of fun being in, in that kind of weather sometimes and uh, you know, you you guys do a great job, and you know, my paycheck wouldn't show up unless you guys did what you do. Yeah, that's it. But the uh, I like I like the job because it's uh, we meet a lot of nice people. Yep, a lot of meet meet a lot of interesting people too. So <laughs> so it's, it's it goes different ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I bet I bet you do because I know in in my limited expand I've been at AAA forever, but before I came to AAA, I remember once I uh, I. Uh, went out to change a flat tire on somebody's car and and the woman said to me oh just to let you know there's a uh, there's a freeze-dried cat in the trunk and i'm like what and, and it was like uh, she must have been some kind of like medical student or something and she had this like cryovacked cat in her trunk and i'm like oh that's probably the worst thing i've ever seen you know so yeah, yeah you know or or you uh. know 
or you're under the hood and there's, uh, you know, mouse houses and all kinds of things. And, yeah, it's a, you, you're right. You see some interesting things. You, you, you meet some interesting people, but you also meet some really nice people. And I know I, uh, I uh, unlocked a car door for somebody once who, uh, you know, they're, they're, you, could, you could see their keys were on the front seat. Their tickets to the airport were on the, on the front seat. And they were standing outside of their car going, I'm going to miss my flight. And, you know, you go over, and a couple minutes later, you get the door open. You know, they couldn't have been happier. Well, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people out there thank you a lot yep. for doing what you do. Yep. But, and, but. It's, it's still the most common reasons we go out. Dead batteries, flat tires, and keys in the car, and out of gas, right? Yeah, yeah pretty much. And then, then the flatbeds take over in the rear lifts. Yep. They do a great job out there. Yep. Them guys are out there laying in the I, I, You know, I don't have to lay in the mud unless... Once in a while, I have to change tire, but yep. they're out there laying in the mud all the time. Yep. No, to no. me, that's the real, that's to me that's the real heroes. Yeah. Guys <laughs> doing that, laying in the mud and dragging cars up and trying to get people going. Yep. No, you're you're uh, you're a pretty humble guy to say that, but you know, I, I always try to remind everybody if you know you take care of the tires on your car, you take care of the the battery in your car, and uh, you watch your gas gauge and keep your keys in your pocket. Um, you're not gonna. You're not gonna need to call us as much. Yeah, that's why. Uh, that's why in October, I think it is, we have a uh, we have a um, check your car yep. day. Yep. No. Yep. No. It always makes a yep. lot of sense. Hey, Norm, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning and joining me on my radio program this morning. And, and I think I think you told me you're uh, headed out to Six Flags today, right? Oh, no, no, it's, uh, where are we going? Uh, canopy? Oh, canopy. Oh, Canopy Lake Park. Yep. Even better. Yeah. All right. Yep, we're going up to that. Well, so. enjoy enjoy the day, and again, thank you for being the guy that you are. Well, thank you for having me on the show. All right. Take care, Norm. Have a wonderful day. You you too. Bye-bye. That was Norm Strom. He is a, he's one of our uh, AAA tow truck drivers, or actually battery truck driver, and just just a good guy. And, and can you imagine, you, you know, you're sitting in your house, you got a, a kind of a shop garage behind the back of the house. It's on fire. You don't even notice. And a guy in a AAA truck shows up, bangs on your door, and says, "Hey, your house is on fire. You got to get out and uh, get you out of your house." And next thing you know, uh, saves your life. And uh, you know that's a pretty amazing story. So I wanted to have him on. In fact, um, one of our regular listeners, when I posted the story on Facebook last week, said, uh, "You need to, you need to have him on your radio show." And I said, "Yeah, that's a that's a really good idea. I should. I, I know he was on every major TV and radio station, but still, I wanted to have him on and, and talk about talk about what he did because it is such it is such a thing. And I'm not sure I'm not sure you know all of us could think like that and do that type of thing." Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car and your car problems. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Uh, future license plates in California may be powered by the same technology used in Amazon Kindle's e-reader. But, no, but uh, of course, not a touchscreen device. The state of California said Monday it will uh, test a nearly $700 digital license plates on some state-owned vehicles before uh, sending them out to the public. Uh, drivers will uh, change the color of the background if they want, the plate, um, 
Apparently, they can even do some sort of personalized messages. Police were able to track down stolen vehicles with a plate unless it's removed uh, by a crafty thief, I guess. Uh, drivers also will be able to update their vehicle registration via the plate. The prohibitive factor for most drivers will be the cost of the plate. California-based tech company um, Rivier Auto will charge $899 for the plate, which does include the cost of installation or a $7 a month user fee. The plates won't be sold uh, by the California DMV, but instead will be available through dealerships, 11 of which have already signed up. You know, $700 plus a monthly fee for a license plate. I don't know. There's people with more money than than I could think of spending for that type of thing. But let's go. Let's go back to the phones. Our phone number again: 617-770-3030. 617 uh, Let's let's see. Let's see who we have on here. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Oh, Car Doctor Mike here. How you hey, doing? Mike. How are you? Very good, sir. Uh, hey, quick question. My next door neighbor. I'm looking at her car. Has a 2012. Uh, Acura MDX, and I'm also with the other eye reading your article on uh, the Globe right now about oil consumption. So she's has a 2012, and she's burning about a quart of oil between 500 to 1,000 miles. Really? And she's gone to the dealership, uh, and they you know they've told her they put some oil. They looked around to see if any pipes were sucking it out, but yeah. they're doing what they call a, a oil consumption test by her riding the car around to see where right. it burns and monitor it that way. I thought there was always a leak down test or something they used to do on those cars. Well, a, this engine, by the way, is pretty famous for it, I guess. You know, the, um, no, what they, what they do is, uh, you know, what they usually start off is with kind of a standard oil consumption test that they just try to document, you know, document what's there and, you know, see, you know, see how things go. So, um, that's not unusual to do that. So, um, and again, what exactly what they're doing, they, they, they have her come in, do what, you know, fill it up, make sure it's good and clean. And then they, uh, then after that, they, they say, you know, come back at 500 miles, they check it, come back and, you know, come back in a few more miles and check it. And that's kind of, kind of the way it goes. And usually when that happens, there's, uh, you know, then they have to decide how many miles are on this. Uh, almost about 80,000. So it's, you know, in, in my world, it's brand new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and also if you go on the bolden boards, I did for, I looked in the bolden boards. I mean, there's this, you know, page after page. This engine is known to consume engine. And, and my, I guess the question is, is when they say no to her, I mean, you used to be an arbitrator, I believe for yep. these, for these kind of things. I mean, what's her next play? Does she go to the zone manager or does she? Oh, with, without, with, without a doubt. I mean, she should definitely, yeah. she should definitely go to, um, you know, the deal, the dealer, the dealer is probably at this point, you know, not going to be, you know, not going to be that helpful. They're going to, they're going to kind of, you know, they're going to say either it, le- either you know, it's not, it's not leaking oil. You know, they could also, you, you mentioned a leak down test. Yeah, they could do, they could do a cylinder leak down test, which, um, which they look at every cylinder. They put compressed air in. They look and see if yeah. it, they look and see if the gauge leaks down, and then you sort of listen at the same time and and see whether, in fact, you know, you hear something leaking from the breather, which would tell you, you know, is there piston rings going bad or the seals going bad, you know, and you could, you, you could, you could listen and see what happened. It's funny that both on the Honda and the Acura, uh, 
I have I have all data that I use for technical service bulletins. Both Honda and Acura don't show any technical bulletins that show you know something needs an update or something. But do you know you know when she starts it up first thing in the morning? Does she get any puff of blue smoke out of it or anything? Or I don't know, but I should watch that. I yeah. should go over and take a look. I mean, yeah. I, I mean that's that's no trick when you buy a car. Don't go out and get the car. I'll go with you and go get the car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go look yeah. at it. But yeah. but I'll look at it. But I, I like the idea that you're you're the same idea. They're going to say no. You got to go to the zone guy. You got to go to the, the zone guy because it. because you know at such you know it's six years old. It's got eighty thousand miles on it. This engine should you know go two hundred thousand miles and use a quarter oil every couple thousand miles. It shouldn't be using a quarter I, oil every five hundred to a thousand miles. That that's just that's just wrong. And you know, and and the and the question is why. And if this was a old Chevy or an old Ford, it'd tell you the valve guides are worn and the valve seals are bad, yeah. and it's sucking oil through the valve guides, and that's what's wrong with it. But I'm willing to bet that the that the piston rings just never never set up right in the engine, or you know, when when they were when it was assembled, something was up, or the the piston gap was you know too wide or who knows who knows what the case is but there shouldn't be there shouldn't be an oil consumption problems at, well it seems to me if you go online what i yep. looked at is that they have a problem seating when they were originally built they used right. a different material not quite as bad as a vega but they used <laughs> a different material when they when they did rings but uh anyways well i appreciate you. Oh. one last thing is tomorrow big car show in hull and everybody know that oh okay nine or twelve the big car show it gets bigger every year uh, I don't have anything to do with it, but I certainly enjoy it. Yeah, it's I've heard a I've heard a lot day. I've heard a lot about that one. And uh, in fact, uh, a friend of mine who who lives lives in Hull, who actually, strangely enough, isn't there right now, but he's always he's always had kind of a um, after the show party at his house sometimes, and and uh, uh, and I was just amazed at the stuff that showed up at his house. It was there's some pretty hot stuff that ends up in that area. I mean, you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, Ferraris. Some, it used to be just a regular guys. Now it's uh, is all sorts of cars. And what what can be better than a Sunday on the Antarctic Beach when it's going to be seventy degrees, right? And, and as I recall, the the former police chief had a pretty hot Camaro himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's always a party going on in Hull. I'll tell you. There, there you go. All right, Mike. Thank you very much. All right, take Bye-bye. care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. I think we have another phone call. Good morning, you're on the Car Doctor program. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hi, John. Hey, how are you? First, very good. What's Paul from Somerville? Hey. Hey, I want to uh, compliment you on the, uh, on the your road service guy and the job he did up in New Hampshire. You know, a lot of people might have called 911, but it, it takes an extra character in someone to actually go in and do what he did. Deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and thank you for the little kick to, you know, get him on the show, too, because, um, you know, to, to do that, to go out, you know, and, and see something like that and, and say, hey, there might be people in that house, and to go in and, you know, bang on the door and get somebody to come to the door. And then I guess it was I, literally minutes uh, after he got the cat out of the house, that the thing, the thing just uh, exploded in fr- flames. Like he said, the the propane or acetylene or whatever it was flooded the house, and then, then you know, when that caught fire, it was it, that was it. Yeah, well, it doesn't take long, and in, in cases like that, where you know the average person is running out, he ran in to help yeah, somebody out. No, no, I, you know, any, anybody, you know, anybody in in, you know, I, I, you know. I, talk to people in law enforcement and EMS and, you know, 
firefighters, you know, on a regular basis. And there's there's a special gene that all you guys have that I, I'm, you know, I like to think I have it, but I don't know if I do. Well, my yeah, wife, you my, know, my wife yeah, just looked at me and said, "Yes, you do. You would do that." So. Yeah, I think you would too. <laughs> but that's not the reason I called. The reason I there was an article in the Globe this week about the wait times at the registry for uh, the real ID. Yeah. Um, some person saying three, three and a half hours. I'm trying to. I'm wondering how that's affecting AAA and and uh, you know, what are, for those officers that do the real ID. What's the wait time they're like? Yeah, it's it's still it? it's still pretty long because they have to when you come in to do the real ID, all the stuff has to be scanned, and the procedure just takes longer. So where it used to take, you know three or four minutes, you know, somebody came in with their license application all filled out and they would just hand it, hand it to us. We'd input the information, do the, you know, you know, do the photo, do the eye test. And, you know, five minutes later you were done. Now this procedure takes, you know, 15 minutes. So, you know, where our stores used to, where our offices used to have, you know, a 15, you know, on a busy day, a 15 minute wait for, registry services we're starting to see some pretty long lines too i don't know that we're seeing three hours but we're seeing we're seeing um you know 90 minutes um it's it's funny uh, uh, a buddy of mine and approved auto repair shop owner and you know an automotive columnist junior damato called me up uh one day and he said hey my license is my license is about to expire and i'm like well first off why'd you wait till the end of the month you yell at everybody who comes in for stickers that does that and he said well i want to go to i want to go to your random office uh to get it renewed and he said hey can i get in the back door somehow and i went no you can't get in the back door you got to wait in line like everybody else and and he so i i talked to the i talked to phyllis who's the office manager i said i said what time should junior get there and he's and she said well we open at nine getting there at 8 30 probably isn't too early so he got there at 8 30 and he was the first person in line so he was out he was out about you know 10 10 or 15 minutes after nine o'clock but um yeah it's taken time and i didn't realize and it's probably happened for years and years and years how often the registry computer systems go offline um you know, we get notified, you know, the, you know, this system's down or this line's down somewhere or the Internet's down from here to here. And the systems actually go offline a lot more often, which I think when you're waiting in a big line at the registry, you don't think much of it because it goes offline for 15 minutes. Nothing, You're still waiting in line. You don't notice. And then it pops back on again. But, um, yeah, even at our offices, this system is slowing us down. And I guess it's just a matter of they're, they're working on ways to try to streamline it. But. You know, they have to go with real ID just like everybody else does. So, you know, the big crunch will be when my license needs to be renewed in a couple of years because that's going to be the deadline date. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to renew mine a year early. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, my, mine's about a year, so I'm, I'm just trying to pick a good month to go in and get it done <laughs> yeah. uh, in advance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, you can, you can get, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that. You can get your license done up to a year early, and it doesn't change the expiration date. So, you know, and so, you know, if you were if you were 2019, which means it would expire in 2024, if you did it, you know, if you did it in September, it's still going to expire in 2024. That's not going to change it. So um, it, it is it is one of those things that you just kind of pick it. It's it's like a lot of stuff, um, you know, probably probably Wednesday mornings are probably a lot better than uh, than any other day. But I know I've, I've been to our I've been to a couple of our offices recently and where I'd normally see two or three people waiting in line, I'm seeing, you know, 10, 12, 15 people waiting in line. And, and, we, and we, try to, we try to 
do the best we can with it. You know, well, while they're sitting there, we try to go and chit-chat with everybody, you know, ask them if they're, while they're waiting, is there anything we can do for you? Hey, you know, do you want to talk to a travel agent while you're sitting here? Do you want to talk to an insurance person? Do you, you know, we have, we have that IT protection thing. You know, we give, we give them a laptop and say, do you want to sign up for this? It's free while you're here. At least try to make, you know, at least try to make the time worthwhile, you know? Do you know if other states are having the same issue? Uh, you know, I, no I I heard I heard Connecticut had the same problem when they did it about a year ago. So it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. I I know one of my coworkers, you know, Rhode Island isn't doing it yet, but I know one of my coworkers uh, went to the Rhode Island DMV to have to. She had to get a name change, which is something we can't do at our at our local offices in Rhode Island. And uh, she left. She left. She said, I'm going to I'm going to take my lunch at one and I'm going to go to the registry. And I ended up having to leave to go to a meeting at three uh, thirty. And I, I said to I said to her the next day, what time did you get back here? And she said, I didn't. I said, how long how long were you at the at the DMV? And she said, uh, three and a half hours. So, so I guess I guess the wait times the wait times in Massachusetts are uh, are not as bad as some other states, and, and Rhode Island, you know, Rhode Island hasn't hasn't even approached this yet. But but I know I know we we meet with the registry on a regular basis because of our relationship, and they got their IT people trying to work on you know coming up with a better solution. Um, you know, Charlie Baker's not happy with this. The registrar's not happy with this. But right now they gotta they gotta make sure they do it right. And uh, this system is just time consuming. You, I, I didn't realize they had a scan. When you bring in your social security card, your passport and all that other stuff, they have to scan all that stuff in to get it into the system so it matches their driver's license. Yeah, it would be nice maybe if you could have that all pre-scanned and on a thumb drive or something just loaded into yeah, a, yeah, that, uh, that, a device. Yeah, that would be easy. The other thing that sometimes happens, and what we try to prevent it from happening is, you know, when people get in line, we go over to them and say, are you here? Do you want to do the real ID while you're here? And if the people say yes, we review their documents and make sure they're right because sometimes what happens is people come in with a – copy of a birth certificate or a copy of a social security card and they won't accept copies they have to be they have to be the the you know stamped social security card i mean a stamped birth certificate or an original social security card something like that and uh you know and some people say well you know what's the difference between if i come in with a utility bill or a uh, you know or my library card there's a difference they want the utility bill they don't want your library card so yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta. So what we try to do is we keep try to keep people from waiting in line, only to come up to the desk and find out they don't have the right stuff. So again, we try to we try to help them the best we can, and it's a learning experience for everybody. And we're just trying to make it we're trying to make it quick and as pleasant as we can. You know, you know, you know, hand hand out hand out cups of water and try to be friendly and smile smile to people the best we can and try to just make it all work. Oh, that's great. We say no now. I can't get in the back door. Yeah, you can't get. Sorry, sorry. Is it, as, you know, as, you know, you you can say you know me, but I don't think it's going to help. <laughs> no, I'm, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'm, well, thanks, John. All I right. really appreciate it. All right, take care, Paul. Bye, bye.
617-770-3030 is our phone number if you want to get through and talk to us about what you have on your mind about your car and your car problems. Apple said this Monday the latest version of its operating system will allow for third-party navigation apps such as uh, Google Maps and Waze to display uh, through its updated CarPlay system. What happens is if you have Apple CarPlay in your car, it... um, it automatically goes to Apple Maps. Big surprise there, I suppose. But um, the announcement came as part of Apple's iOS 12 operating system debuted. Um, at a conference, Apple showed a screen that displayed icons for Google Maps, Waze, and a Chinese market navigation app called AutoNavi. Uh, Apple said at the conference it will release iOS 12 as free upgrades to iPhone and iPad users this fall. They upgrade the system that's in it about every week now, it seems like. I don't know what the latest one that just did. And there's something in my head, and I don't know what it is, that I I guess it's some form of OCD. When I see an update to a software system, I have to update it. And I don't know why I do that, because years ago I did that to an iPad, and it quit working afterwards. And and all Apple said was, yeah, you know, your iPad doesn't have enough memory. So it uh, it became a nice coaster. Apple didn't say if uh, the third-party navigation apps will work with wireless connections, such as those several aftermarket manufacturers available through BMW. Um, yeah, with, with Apple CarPlay, in a lot of cases, you need to plug the cable into the car to get it to connect. So if you own an Audi, for instance, and it has Apple CarPlay, you need to plug the charging cable into the USB port in the car. It recognizes that there's a... Uh, it recognizes that there's a, a, a phone connected to it, and it brings up the Apple CarPlay. And if you don't know what Apple CarPlay is, basically what it does, it's sort of like having a image of your phone right on your navigation screen. So if you get if you get a text message, it will pop up on the screen. If you get a phone call, it'll sit, like just it'll bring it up on the screen rather than have to look at your phone. Um, and it has some other e- easier if you if you like to listen to the radio, say you were listening to um, well, the Irish Hit Parade for instance, and you wanted to listen to it online. And you drive, you're driving, you're driving down the road, and you you get a little bit outside of our area, and you say, you know what? I have my phone. I can get the WROL app. I have the WROL app, and next thing you know, you're streaming the Irish Hit Parade. So there you go. It's you know just it's just that easy sometimes. So uh, so the uh, so that helps a little bit. Um, this new app is only compatible with iPhone 5s or newer. Previously, Apple CarPlay's only navigation interface was through Apple Maps. Uh, Android Auto, Apple's chief rival, will be doing the uh, same kind of thing uh, on the car's infotainment system. It already offers Waze app. And Waze is, a, is an interesting navigation app. And what it does is it allows you to avoid traffic jams because uh, it's actually people who say, oh, there's a traffic jam here. Uh, you need to do this. You can, you know, this is a good detour. Uh, but Two things are wrong with it. People try to update it while they're driving, which is inherently unsafe. And the other thing is, I guess some people have, by saying, oh, this is a shortcut or this is a way around the traffic, what ends up happening is they cause more traffic jams, say, through a residential neighborhood where you wouldn't, where you wouldn't expect to see that. So 
Uh, the other thing, the other problem with Waze is Waze tends to suck the life out of my battery in my in my phone, and my phone's a few years old, so I, I've had I've had a little, a little bit of that issue with Waze too. So our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Phone lines are open if you want to join us. We have uh, we have plenty of lines for you if you want to join us at six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Um, Edwin, you think we can take a break? All right, why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM, or on the app, or WROLradio.com. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Kevin Crippen. And I'm Patrick Shelby. With host of Sunrise Sports, WROL 950 AM and 100.3 FM's only sports talk radio show. Our show has aired for four years now, and we are privileged to be part of the community here at WROL. You can listen to the show this Saturday and every Saturday morning from 8 to 8.30 as we discuss all things sports and take your phone calls. If you're interested in sponsoring our show, please contact us at WROLSunriseSports at gmail.com. You can stay up to date with the show by following us on Twitter at SunriseWROL. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-851-4805. That's 800-851-4805. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-648-9175. 800-648-9175. That's 800-648-9175. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round.
Back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Um, in case you noticed, Dennis not, Dennis isn't here today. Uh, Edwin's filling in, and you know m- maybe Edwin will get to experience a trivia game today. Uh oh. Well, all that really means is we have we do a little we do a little uh, question and uh, we let we let we see if anybody knows the answer and if they do. It's easy for you. All you got to do is write down a name and address, and we mail them something. So, easy, right? No problem. So far, everything I've said to Edwin, he goes, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. We can do it. We can do it. It's easy. (laughs) But first, I want to talk about the vehicle that got me around uh, this week when we didn't have the Volkswagen (laughs) because it was out being repaired. Um, And, again, it was under warranty. The folks at Paul Clark Ford took care of it while it was under warranty. just took a long time. Because they sublet it out to a very independent convertible top guy. Very independent convertible top guy. Um, But I want to talk about the 2018 Toyota Sequoia. It's a full-size SUV powered by a 5.7-liter V8 engine. The Sequoia can be ordered in rear-wheel or four-wheel drive configurations. There's four trim levels, SR5, TRD Sport, Limited, and Platinum. Our road test was in the Sequoia TRD Sport with all-wheel drive. In these days of most SUVs having leather seats, seeing cloth seats was a bit of a pleasant surprise. I happen to like cloth seats. Um, they're cooler in the summertime, warmer in the wintertime. Um, I know a lot of people like leather. Um, our Volkswagen has pleather. <laughs> it has the equivalent of uh, Mercedes called it Mercedes text. It's not. It's it's kind of it's kind of a vinyl-ish, leathery type thing. It's not real. It's um, it's and I think the material is actually made by the same people that make the roof, which is Hearts. And what was nice when we did have the roof replaced, it's the factory Hearts roof that went back on it, so not an aftermarket roof, which was nice. Anyway, back to this. Um, there was also uh, some hard touch services that that gave the Sequoia a bit more of a utilitarian work truck feel. Uh, the controls use uh, large knobs that are easy to use, including the infotainment system. Unlike many uh, vehicles, Toyota uses a proprietary and somewhat outdated phone media app rather than our, uh, Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, which we talked about earlier. Uh, but from my understanding, Toyota will make those systems available in 2019. The seats are wide and comfortable with plenty of support. The rear seats in this model were captain chair style, which fold flat to expand the cargo area. Um, so to get to the third row seat, because it's a third row vehicle, you go in the back door and walk through the middle seats. Um, it's actually pretty easy to get back there. Um, and unlike uh, mid-sized SUVs, this full-size SUV, adults can actually sit in the third row and be pretty comfortable. With all the seats in place, there's about 20 cubic feet of cargo space, uh, which is bigger than some compact SUVs. In fact, I think it might have been the GMC Encore with the seats folded, I think only had 20 cubic feet. Um, it expands to 
120 cubic feet with the seats folded. You could put a small car back there. There's, there's a lot of room back there uh, with all the seats folded. There's plenty of storage cubbies, cup holders, PowerPoints. You have plenty of places to plug stuff in. A large center console with a decent-sized glove compartment. The rear gate also had a retractable rear window. So instead of a tip-up rear window, which a few SUVs have, this had actually had a power retractable rear window. Very reminiscent of a 1960s, 70s station wagon. Um, but handy, though, if you're carrying something. And that was one of the things my... Uh, my vehicle, two, three vehicles ago now, had a flip-up rear window, and or the tailgate could flip up. But what I liked about it was the height of the rear window and the height of the dash were identical. So if I put the rear window up, the ledge where the rear window sat and the ledge of the dash, I could put like a 10-foot-long 2x4 in there and not have to worry about it hanging out of the back. And I just found it handy in, uh, you know, having this uh, rear window that goes down. I kind of liked it. Uh, visibility is quite good with large uh, side view mirrors and very little blind spots. This big SUV actually drives a little smaller than its actual size. The ride is comfortable. The steering is light and accurate. And the handling offered no unpleasant surprises. Our Sequoia TRD Sport came with upgraded performance shock absorbers, which added to the overall road feel and ride. Power is provided by a 5.7 liter V8 engine that develops 381 horsepower, which doesn't sound that impressive in today's world but it's also 401 foot-pounds of torque so it has the capability to tow up to 7,000 pounds in two-wheel drive it actually tows a little bit more fuel economy is not a strong point in fact the sequoia gets terrible fuel mileage the epa rates the sequoia at 13 miles on the city 17 miles on the highway uh, i don't even think i'm doing that and i'm a pretty easy driver the epa uh you know i, I looked at some of the other numbers and people are getting 15 16 um in fact, I filled it up with gas yesterday, and I uh, put it on, put the thing on, put locked the trigger, looked at my email on my phone, walked around the gas island, read some signs on the fence next to the gas island, walked around some more, came back, talked to the guy next door at the, at the pump next to me, still filling up. I felt like I spent 10 minutes there filling up with gas. Um, but anyway, so fuel economy, not a strong point. Uh, just just like uh, all Toyota products, this safety is addressed with a full portfolio of features such as cross-traffic alert, blind spot assist, lane, lane change assist, lane departure, and smart stop technology. So it helps you in a semi-autonomous way, I suppose. If you need to carry seven or eight passengers, tow a good-sized trailer, or need to go just about anywhere, the Sequoia should be on the top of your list of vehicles to look at. There may be other full-size SUVs that offer more towing capacity, maybe have a nicer interior, but none has Toyota's legendary reliability. Uh, the price, the best I can figure out on this one, looking at the prices tested, right around $55,000. Again, EPA fuel mileage, 13 city, 17 highway. Uh, the engine is a 5.7 liter, and for old people like me, that means it's a 350. Um, and it makes 381 horsepower. So there you go. One of the other things, speaking of uh, trucks in a truck state, well, it's kind of an unusual headline. It says, Texas may be the biggest pickup truck market in the country, 
but the Lone Star State wants its roads to be a little greener in the future. After staying out of the eco-car debate for the last three years, Texas will reinstate incentives beginning in September as high as $5,000 on a on alternative fuel vehicles, electric cars, plug-in hybrids, hybrid fuel cell vehicles, and those that run on natural gas or liquefied propane. With the electric plug-in and hydrogen fuel cells can claim $2,500 in rebates. Cars and trucks that run on natural gas are eligible for $5,000 each. Hmm. Must pump a lot of natural gas there. The rebates don't apply to fleet purchases. Given that natural gas and um, LPG fuel vehicles aren't marketed towards consumers, it's a safe bet. The vast majority of rebates will be used for electric and plug-in hybrid cars like the Chevrolet Bolt EV, again, a vehicle I've never driven, the Toyota Prius Prime, which one I have. Another big caveat, I guess, the rebates are doled out by dealerships, which means they don't apply to Tesla's electric cars. That's kind of odd that they do it that way. Texas is one of the many states that requires new cars to be sold through franchise dealers rather than directly from the automaker. Texas uses a workaround to sell cars through another state to buyers in Texas. The state's legislature, I'm, so, I'm still concerned about the dealers being the one that hand out the rebates, but the, the state legislature set aside $7.3 million after approving the program last year and uh, tasked Texas Commission on Environmental Quality with doling out the incentives. The incentive plan is essentially a reboot of a similar plan that ended in 2015. The Texas plan applies to both purchase and lease vehicles and runs through May 31st of 2019 unless the commissioner's rebate budget runs out first. It'd be good if they ran out first. That would be great. There'd be a lot of people taking advantage of it and take advantage of it. Okay, I promised trivia. Last week I promised trivia. We never got to it. And Dennis was disappointed. No. He wasn't, actually. Um, when Toyota first introduced its pickup truck in 1979, it was called the Hilux. What was the name given to the second-generation truck? So the first generation truck was called a Hilux. What was the name given to the second generation? If you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and you will get, how about a cell phone holder? A, uh, from, from, our, from our friends that sent us some cell phone holders, it, you can mount it on your dash, you can mount it in your air vent, you can mount it in your CD player, you can mount it just about anywhere. It comes with all kinds of adapters and pieces. It's, uh, it holds your phone really well. It's got a little space so the cord can run up to it pretty easy. It's, it's, uh, it's, it holds just, I don't think it holds any size phone. And what's nice is it also rotates sideways. So if you want to use your, use your phone in a horizontal manner, you, the GPS for GPS or something, and it has a lot of places to move the phone up and down. So 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is our number. And again, the question is, the Toyota, when Toyota first introduced its pickup truck in 1979, it was called the Hilux. What was the second generation called? And we'll let, we'll let Edwin check the phones and see what's going on. So right or wrong, we'll put you on the air and see what you have to say. Well, there's some rebates. Strong U.S. sales this year of the highly profitable big pickup trucks have helped uh, offset lagging passenger car sales, but it's not clear how much of the truck demand is linked directly to ample factory incentives or dealer discounts or how far that might decline without those subsidiaries. I mean, um, 
A Reuters survey of Ford, Chevrolet, and Ram uh, pickup dealers across the United States indicates stores are offering deep discounts on some of the country's best-selling full-size pickup truck. The walls are not crashing down on full-size truck, said our buddy Sam Fiorani. Sammy's been on the show before. He was from originally from Pennsylvania, moved out here, and then moved back to Pennsylvania. He is vice president of global vehicle forecasting for Auto Forecast Solutions in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. Detroit-based automakers want to keep cranking out their high-margin trucks, he added. Giving up little of the profit is the cheapest way to do it. Stores are offering discounts of up to $12,000. On the 2018 Ford F-150, which remains the best-selling vehicle in the country, recording more than 80,000 sales in May, discounts run to 13,000 for the 2018 Chevrolet Silverado, as high as 16,000 on the Ram 1500. Well, there's going to be a new Ram coming out next year, I guess, which could be part of that. The decision, which has raised questions about corporate transparency, marks the first significant change in auto sales reporting since it dropped to 10-day reports in early 1990s. Average transaction prices for full-size pickup trucks range from around $42,000 to $45,000. So I remember once pickup trucks used to be inexpensive or something, but not so much anymore. Well, let's try a couple of guesses on trivia. Let's see what we have. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Hello? Yeah, hello. Hello. John, good morning. Good morning. Hey, well, this is just a stab because I, I don't really, <clears throat> but I'll take a shot at it. What's the matter when went to the SR5 thing right after that? Um, I don't know quite how far back the SR5 uh, designation for trucks, but um, was there another name, you know, like Tundra or whatever like that? Well, you're, 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 you're all over it, but you're wrong, Peter. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's happened before. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, you know, if I, if, if I wasn't wrong on a regular basis, you know, I, I wouldn't have anything to say. So it's, it's fine. So it's okay. Yeah, to, well, you know, uh, it's, you it's know. all, it's all right. You're advanced age. It's. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're, you're right. At my, yeah, at, at, my advanced, not, yeah. at, at my advanced age, I can only, I can only recall so much stuff. So you know, that's. Well, that's, I'm, well I'm somewhere between fifty-five and, so I don't know. I, I'm, at, I'm up in that bracket now. There you go. And, uh, yeah, and also, yeah, and uh, a 5.7 liter will always be a 350 to me. Yep, yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> and Chevy made a good engine at that size. They, they, it, in most days they did. You know, they always had a little bit of problems, but in most days they did. All right, yeah. let's, we'll, we'll try a second guesser coming up. Okay, I'll just right. my voice. All right, all yeah, right, yeah, yeah, do that, yeah. All right, <laughs> take care, bye-bye. All right, our phone number is 617-770-3030, Let's see. I think Edwin's ready for us. Uh, this, All right. Uh, How, Howie here from Cambridge. Howie. Yes. Uh, is it the t- Tacoma? No. Well, I, I know a guy who had a early 80s and... Mid eighty, yeah, I think it was an eighty four. You you got you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hunt me down and beat me up when you find out what the answer is. All right, all right, all right. I'm listen, I'm all listening. right, all right. right. Thanks, Howie. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. It's not the Tacoma. It's not the SR five. And again, the truck was first introduced. It was called the Hilux in nineteen seventy. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I don't know, something like that. And uh, and then it. Uh, they came out with a second-generation truck, and it was a little bit bigger. It had a two-liter engine. It had a mighty 109 horsepower in it, and uh, 
It had the same four-speed manual transmission, and it was uh, it had a seven and a half foot bed, and it became the popular choice in the U.S. And the Hilux name was dropped from the advertisements, replaced with a different name. And if you know what that different name is, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and we will uh, we'll give you a prize. 617-770-3030. And you know, and and if you want to if you want to have Google help you cheat, it's okay cuz that's where I got the answer from anyway. So uh but yeah, if you want to find out, you can you can find out from there and you know, let us know. Uh we're talking about some of the rebates. Ford Ford for instance is advertising a $2,000 rebate and $500 financing credit on certain F150s, but James Collin Ford in Louisville, Kentucky is offering discounts up to $12,215 on some F150 uh, XLT Super Cruise. The price cuts are even steeper at a number of GM and Fiat dealer Fiat Chrysler dealers. Uh Cork Chevrolet, I can imagine there's only one, is selling a 2018 Silverado 1500 double cab at 13,000 off a sticker. Uh, Gurney uh, Chrysler Dodge Ram Jeep outside of Chicago is marking down the 2018 Ram 1500 Harvest Crew Cab. Comes with pumpkins, I guess, um, by up to $16,000. So, Recalls Kia Motors is uh, recalling 106,000 Sedona minivans because the power sliding door may not automatically reverse in presence of obstructions. The recall affects Sedona minivans from 2015 to 2018 model years that were produced between July 2014 and December 2017. According to a report from NHTSA, the power sliding door control module controls the sensor, which is located in the interior door well, and detects unexpected change in movement values when the sliding door closes. The report said the original programming of the module is set to a threshold that may not detect certain obstructions. In the event the door closes on a passenger, there's an increased risk of injury. Yeah, it's going to hurt. According to a chronological report, the automaker on May 17th identified that 14 of 21 customers' complaints alleged that some type of injury, two of them com- confirmed, Kia dealerships will reprogram the power sliding door control module, uh, software logic, and customers will be notified by mail on June 18th. Let's try another guest for trivia here. Good morning, you're on the Car Doctor program. Hello. 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 Well, this is Carol from Lynn. How hey, Carol from Lynn. How are you? All right. I uh, I, I didn't uh, look it up, but I, something popped into my head. It was like a T100 or a B100. Nope. No, no uh, you're going to do the same thing. Me. You're going to come and find me and be mad at me when I give you the answer. Okay. All right. Uh, Wasn't there was was there a small pickup that was like a T100? There was. That was, that was that was that was that was that was before the Tundra. That was there. Oh, okay. That was there. That was Toyota's. That was Toyota's effort to try to get into the full-size pickup truck, and it was kind of a tweener. It was sort of not a compact truck, and it wasn't really a full-size truck, even though it was rated as a half-ton truck. But it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That was the that was a sort of in-between one. But yeah, you're right. I know it was a smaller. It just popped into my head. That's all yep. I think I could yep. think of. Yep. How's 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 driving electric? Well, that's what I wanted to tell you. What's traded in the 2012 uh, Nissan Leaf? For a 2017 uh, C-Max uh, oh, okay. hybrid energy, and uh, we I think we had something like thirty-five thousand on the lease because we don't just drive it around right. town. Yeah, and that had a range of like ninety miles. It was you know one of the first yep. ones. I think yep. that was the second year they made them. Yep, 
uh, traded that in, and um, I think it was on sale. It was during the Washington birthday sale, okay. president's sale, up in Beverly Ford, yeah, yep. and it was, they were asking um, 19000 and the car was a one-year-old with 900 miles on it. Wow. And it was, wasn't the top of the line with leather, but it was the mid, mid-range, and uh, we've been really happy with it. We love it. We, yeah. uh, I think we put, we put another 5,000 miles on it already. Huh. Since, uh, February. I, I wonder why it only had 900 miles. It was used? It wasn't a dealer demonstrator or anything? It was used? I don't know, yeah. But from what they said was, uh, I guess the woman who bought it was, um, was didn't lift all the technology. Oh, it was okay. intimidating to her because yep. it had so much technology. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, that's, and, that's, uh, that sometimes happens. And and the owner's manual is like a Bible. We still yeah. haven't got through it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, no. you know, we got the basics, and, and we love it so far, but they don't make them anymore. That was, I think that was the last year. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, you know, and it was, it was kind of funny because it's, it's a practical little vehicle that, uh, it, it, it does, it does really well. And yeah, I remember when they first came out, even it was funny, even Ford didn't try to push it because, um, no, a, a friend, no, a, a friend of mine who writes for, uh, a big publication called Ford up and said, Hey, I need one to evaluate. And Ford said, we don't have one. And he ended up, he ended up going to a dealer and, and, and renting one from a dealer because the, because Ford didn't even, it was like they had, they didn't try to sell them. So, yeah, it's so weird, but, you know, yeah. I see them around, and they yeah. look like escapes, so sometimes I get them confused with the Ford Escape, but yeah. they, uh, they, it's a great vehicle, yeah. and we just love it. Very comfortable, and rides well, handles well, yeah. for our purposes. There and you we go. don't put much gas in it, because it gets like 24-mile range with the plug-in, right. so we don't even hardly put gas in it. Yep. Yeah. No, and, and so the only like having it all electric. Yeah, yeah, and the only the only thing you should do though, because you don't put gas in it very often, is add a little uh, stable, you know, some kind of gas stabilizer to it, just to keep the gas from going bad in it. Yeah, that's what they said in yeah. the owner's yeah. manual. Yeah, yeah, but we we'll take it on a long trip once in a while. Oh, so okay. We'll use it up. Yeah, yeah, you just want you just yeah. want to burn up some of the gas that's in there. That's all. Right, right. So it okay. doesn't get stale. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank all right. you. All right. Keep listening, and again, you'll be ha- you'll be mad at me when you hear the answer. Okay. okay. All right. Take care. Our yeah. phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's, let's see if we have another right answer, maybe. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. It's a, um, is it a Ford? A uh, what? A Ford truck? No, no, not a Ford truck. No, no. Toyota, Toyota came up with the Hilux truck. And then they uh, they came out with the second generation, and the Hilux name went away, and another, and they called it something else for a little while, and we're looking for the the other name. So, uh, you know, good good try though. But thank you. Bye bye. All right, bye bye now. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is the number, and we'll let. Uh, Edwin, get caught up again a little bit here. Uh, let's. I think we have another guest. Good morning, on the yeah. Car Doctor program. Yes. Good morning, John. Good morning. Right. Good morning, sir. Uh, all right, the Rocket Hilux, Rokey High, something like that, John. I took your advice. I went out there, and then they eventually dropped the word Hilux and put the word truck in. So that's the basically what I got. So what? So the name of the. So the name when they when they did away with the Hilux name, they called it a what? A truck. That's it. That's the answer. They called it a truck. They had no name. 
They just called it the toy. They just called it the Toyota truck. <laughs> I, I had to read it like three times, and I said, "Wait a minute! It it can't be just truck. Just truck. Was- That's all." I, and I remember, I remember years ago, the PR guy for uh, for Toyota, uh, a really good guy. His name was Wade Hoyt. He was uh, years back. He was uh, when Reader's Digest was more than it is now. He actually used to work for Reader's Digest. And when they kind of did it, they used to have an automotive page way back when. And then he went to work for Motor Motor Magazine, and then he ended up at Toyota. And he did. He used to go around every once in a while and do a little presentation about how Toyota become became a truck company, and you know, with all their SUVs and Lexus SUVs and all that. And I remember him saying that you know, at one point, all they called the Toyota pickup truck was the truck. And, and so, so I went, I went, I went and looked it up, and it said uh, the seven point seven point four foot uh, truck bed became the popular choice, and the Hilux name was dropped from advertisements in favor of truck and that's all they called it was just the truck so 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 you are so you are right <laughs> okay well thank you all right. John, I, I appreciate that may may i ask you a a, a question anything, or anything it, you like all right um a few weeks back you were talking about the keyless entry into a car and and can you tell me how they work uh, the reason i'm asking is the dealer said it recognizes you when you sit in the driver's seat and then if somebody else came in it would reckon with a different key you know they give you two key fobs um the reason i'm asking is uh i left the key someplace else got in the car and the car started up that's because the passenger had a key right Right. So it doesn't mean that you're physically sitting in the seat no, as no. long as no, as long as it's within, it's it's a it's a shortwave radio frequency. So it's um, you know, three, four, five feet maybe. Okay. Because what happens is, and all cars are different, but in a lot of cases, the antenna for the key is built into the driver's side mirror. And, you know, but they're in different places. They're in the roof. They're in different, you know, sometimes the middle of the dash. And what happens is um, if if the car is sophisticated enough to allow for memory on both keys, so there's an A key and a B key, what happens is when you get in with the, the B key, it, set, it might set the power seat in a certain place. It might set the mirrors in a certain place. And if it's a fancy enough, it'll actually, the presets that, the B driver likes will appear on the radio. You get in with the A key and it knows, well, you're the A driver, so it's going to move stuff in a different place. Um, then, the, then the problem is, well, you grab the B key and you get squished up behind the steering wheel because the, the A, you know, because you're taller than the B driver. Um, but that, you know, it's just a memory function, but yeah, the key doesn't, the key doesn't even have to be, you know, necessarily right there. Um, the only time that's the case is if the battery in the key goes dead, there's usually a place marked somewhere under the dash or in the dash where it says, hold the key up to this spot because there's always just about enough life left in the battery that, it, that that's where the, where the antenna pickup connection is inside the car. But um, there's also, um, somebody wrote to me this week and said there was a bunch of car thefts this week in, um, in Quincy. And they said they were high-tech 
car thefts uh, done electronically with a variety of different vehicles, and they wanted to know, if, is it a result of these electronic keys and, and push buttons and all that type of thing? And if you have a, just a push button to open and unlock and unlock your doors, um, for years there's been people that, you know, said I can intercept your code. I save it on a I save it on a transmitter, and then once you walk away, I can hit my button and it'll it'll open your car doors. But you got to stand right there to do that. And then they came out. Then a lot of the car manufacturers have a rolling code now. So you go in and you hit the button to lock the door, and then it rolls to a different as your rolls to a different code. And then somebody, of course, some hacker came out with a way to stop the code from rolling. So the last one entered is the one that they can use to get in the car. And again, somebody has to be there. So I said, I don't think there was, uh, I don't think there was sophisticated enough car thieves that stayed at every car that they wanted to, to, and they were only looking for money. They didn't steal, they didn't steal GPSs. They didn't steal phones. They just stole money. And, um, and they, and to be that sophisticated to actually walk away. So I still think it's a case of more people just aren't locking their cars the way they should. The other thing that happens is with push button start cars, um, they use an antenna that sends a signal out to the key that just just like yours does that says you're within three or four feet of the car and it's okay to start the car um, with the push button. Well, some hackers, again, hackers are you know they they are what they are, and um, they've they've found that you know I can put an amplifier next to the front. You know, I'll carry an amplifier in a backpack. I'll walk by the front of this car, and it's parked in a residential neighborhood, and the house is real close to where the car is parked, and my amplifier will pick up the key that's laying on someone's kitchen table, and it will think it will think the key is three feet away rather than 35 feet away. I can open the door, get in, push the start button, and drive away. Um, there has been a few incidents of that type of thing happening, um, but again, very few of those. In fact, uh, uh, a friend of mine who's an electrical engineer with the AAA uh, down in Florida actually built one of these amplifiers for $100 worth of surplus parts and Jeez. and actually actually started his boss's car up and drove away. Um, so uh, so it is possible, but I think in the case of where all these cars were where all these cars were broken into, I think it was more of a case that either you know doing it the old-fashioned way with a, a slim jim or other some other door unlocking device and um, and some and some cars as sophisticated as they look, you use a little tool that goes under the door handle and just lifts up the lock. Um, you know the the old style flat slim jim. Pretty yeah. useless on a lot of cars today, but you know it can work on some. But in in a lot of times, people just don't lock their cars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we know that. <laughs> All right. So stay right there, Edwin. We'll get you on your address, and uh, and we'll we'll mail you out we'll mail you out some fantastic prize. Appreciate that, John. Right. I wish you may I wish you and your family an early uh, happy Father's Day to you. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Same to you. Take care. Bye bye. All right, so Edwin will Edwin will take care of that, and I'll go back to. Well, here's an interesting bit of could be alarming news to some people. Waymo is going to add up to sixty-two thousand self-driving Chrysler Pacificas. Uh, Google affiliate Waymo will buy up to sixty-two thousand additional Chrysler Pacifica hybrid minivans from uh, Chrysler this year, and will be in a national expansion of the company's public driverless ride-hailing fleet. We'll have to. 
We'll have to see how well that goes, even in spite of all the news about autonomous vehicles running into stuff. A defective sensor that may prevent the airbags from deploying in the event of a wreck has prompted General Motors to recall 88,000 2018 GMC Terrain crossover SUVs. The automaker explained that if a sensor fails to activate when the vehicle is started, a service restraint system message will display on the driver information system in the instrument cluster. Additionally, a warning chime will sound if the fault occurs when the sensor doesn't shut down properly when the vehicle is turned off. GM became aware of this fault early this year after it, after an unusually large number of terrains visited dealers with this message displayed, which means the message is working. That's a good thing. The automakers say it's not aware of any incidents involving airbags in the terrain that did not deploy when they were supposed to. The recall applies, interestingly, only to the terrain, and it's not related to the Chevy Equinox, which is very similar. Uh, owners will be of the affected vehicles will begin receiving notices in the mail soon. GMC did not say if the sensor affects some or all of the airbags. GMC dealers have been instructed to update the software related to the sensors. The fix is free, of course, to terrain owners, so... You might want to look into it. And this is one of these stories I'm surprised Boston didn't appear on the list. Uh, results of a study show that four out of five of the largest U.S. cities is cheaper to replace car ownership with ride sharing such as Uber. Results of a study released last week released uh, found that commuters in New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles spend less weekly commuting and running errands using an Uber than they would owning their own car. In Dallas, the study found that driving yourself is still cheaper. In New York, where parking in desirable neighborhoods can cost thousands using Uber, Uber Pool, Lyft, or others, I guess, averages out to $142 compared to $212 to drive the same distances. With its limited uh, transportation infrastructure and comparatively low density, the disparity of Los Angeles was smaller, $62. You can save money. On the other hand, you know, if you're in a place like Dallas, car ownership runs just $65 a week on average compared to the upward of $180 a week to drive the same distance in an Uber car. Another key factor that the report looked at is the rise of on-demand economy, on-demand jobs such as Uber drivers can replace uh, a car, I guess, and, and provide more flexible scheduling and improve, improve work-life balance. In 2017, there were 5.4 million on-demand workers in the U.S. And I hadn't really thought about that, but, it, you know, these are people who take shifts at different things. So they might work at a restaurant in the morning, take a different shift at night. Um, so they have sort of a full-time job, but they do it in multiple locations. So interesting, interesting stuff still. Well, there's a plug-in hybrid that got caught in testing, and it might be the new Ford Escape, the plug-in hybrid version of the Ford Motor Company's next-generation Escape. Due in 2019, was photographed during testing. Um, you know, the, 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 whole, the whole seeing spy photos these days, I don't go to Detroit very often, but on the rare occasion, once a year or once every other year or something like that when I go to Detroit. I always see one of these cars camouflaged driving around. They're not that they're not that secret anymore. It used to be Jim Dunn, who was a legendary spy photographer for popular mechanics. He would sneak around any any you know, he always he always wore a trench coat. 
Um, had his cameras hidden under his trench coat, wandering around, always doing, always doing that type of thing. And uh, but now you see him a lot more often. Uh, it looks like there'll be a plug-in hybrid variant, which uh, Automotive News first reported last year. Ford has since said it will offer an electrified version. And again, every car company is offering more electrified version. The vehicle caught by spy photographer was heavily camouflaged, but hints at what expected to be a new front end. The, the, the Escape looks to be getting a little bit more sophisticated design. So rather than kind of... Uh, you know, the original one was boxy. The second generation Escape, a little bit more angular. I, I actually like the I actually like the boxy one better than the other one. Uh, powertrain details are unclear, uh, but it could uh, get the 1.5 liter uh, EcoBoost three-cylinder engine that Ford offers in Europe. The two-liter EcoBoost four-cylinder engine offered in the current Escape would likely remain available as an option. Uh, Ford said the hybrid version of the Escape. From 2004 through 2012 was discontinued because of slow sales and the launch of the of Carol C-Max actually, which made a plug-in in a traditional hybrid. Mitsubishi is thinking about a mid-size pickup truck. Interesting, Edwin. Do we need to take another break or not? No, we're good. Okay. Um, Mitsubishi is pondering a mid-size pickup truck, according to. Uh, I guess something that came out at a meeting, nothing's been confirmed, but uh, Mitsubishi Motors North America CEO Fred Diaz said the company is looking into bringing a midsize uh, hauler of some sort into the United States. A key question, Diaz says, is do we do that with an existing platform that our alliance already has, or do we consider building an all-new platform? Um, you know, Mitsubishi now is, for want of a better word, is owned by Nissan. So... Um, it's one of the clearest signals yet that the company is serious about a pickup truck to compete against the likes of the Chevrolet Colorado and Ford Ranger Canyon and the Toyota Tacoma. We'll just call it the Toyota truck. Uh, the midsize pickup wouldn't be uh, new to the alliance. Uh, Nissan has a platform that provides a base for the midsize frontier. Uh, Mitsubishi, meanwhile, sells about 1,200 uh, Tritons midsize pickup trucks outside of the U.S. Diaz said that his... Uh, whose career centered around pickups said that may be the case. Um, I think, I, and there's probably no money in it, which, why, which is why that is probably the case, but I think the world, well, the world, I mean here in the United States, needs a cheap pickup truck, you know, similar to, you know, that Toyota Hilux when it came out. It was a cheap pickup truck. It was heavy enough to be able to do its job and it was got decent gas mileage it could handle your trips to the home improvement store it wasn't fancy it was basic but it was it was something that would work for a lot of people and get good gas mileage i don't know now this is something i don't think the world needs a rolls royce suv um i don't even know what they're calling this thing Cullinan. Cullinan. No, Cullinan. Uh, and the question, there's a little Q&A, and it says, how did designers bring about the Rolls-Royce-ness Rolls Royce on the Cullinan? Um, it's important for authenticity. We don't seem 
to style the SUV, to apologize for putting the sedan in a little bit higher. Instead, we actually enhance the functional requirements. If people want to have great visibility, if they want a flick of a button and engage hill descent, or if they want to take the dog in the back in the Rolls Royce, I don't know. Uh, what's meant by authenticity? We haven't denied those requirements by making a shooting brake, call it a station wagon, or a crossover. We haven't uh, actually said this thing is an SUV. Uh, therefore, presence and function are at the very forefront. The sills are finished in black plastic. Was that needed for an SUV aesthetic or more practical? The whole premise, the bedrock of the vehicle is uh, to go through a rough environment and protect the posh bodywork. The point is people could take their lifestyle into previous uncharted environments. A Rolls-Royce off-road? I don't know about this. And then, you know, here, here's, you know, supercar company McLaren says no need to go into SUVs. So Rolls-Royce said we have to. McLaren says, yeah, we don't have to. McLaren Automotive, the... Uh, Road car unit of the British racing car builder plans to launch 15 new models or uh, derivatives through 2022. We don't expect any SUVs. We've been a company in existence for a long time prior to automotive, and we're a profitable company, and there's really no need to go into SUVs, says Tony Joseph, president of McLaren North America, last week in a visit to Automotive News. We want to concentrate just on two-seat sports cars and be known as the iconic sports car company. Since 2016, McLaren has released three vehicles, a 570 Spider, a convertible that starts at just 200, starts at just $200,000, a 720 supercar that's uh, about 300000 and a limited edition, uh, which the automaker calls the ultimate road legal track car. And that one's just about a million dollars. Just 500 uh, of these uh, of the million-dollar cars are expected. McLaren is adamant about not building an SUV. It has been far more receptive to electrification. Half of the 15 vehicles in the business plan have uh, hybrid technology. A full electric car is also in the works, but it's unlikely before 2022. Hey, I'm running out of wind, but good thing is Bobby Brooks is right there. He's right there, hanging around, right there. Top of the morning, sir. Top of the morning. How are you? I am doing better than I deserve. Uh, filling in for uh, Professor Paul again. He had an opportunity to get into uh, get a little... Um, uh, an eye treatment that he needed to get done okay. to get scheduled. They were able to squeeze him in. So Who says, who says better than I deserve? You know, I'm going to tell you, I stole that from some guy. He's a financial The financial expert. guy. That, yeah, yeah, Dave, the, yeah, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I, people I, say, hey, Dave, how are you? And he's like, better than I deserve. Well, it's true. You know, i got a really good life. A great wife, great kids. I'm doing this. You're you doing this? Me? Yeah. This yeah. is great. Yeah, no. So, uh, so what do you? So, how how are you going to fill in for the professor? What do you What do you got going? Listen, on? how do you fill in for Paul Sullivan? You you you, you do your best. You do yeah, your that's best. That's all you could because no yeah. one fills in for Paul Sullivan. We may come in here and try and, but you know he's been doing it for thirty six years. Yeah. And like I, I always said, he's the first one I listened to yeah. thirty years ago. And, so and and I you know he has this sort of relaxed attitude and he just he knows so much about the music and and like he points out when he first started he knew one and a half irish songs yeah it's so funny i yeah. love his story yeah yeah and, and he tells the story how bill put it with uh, it would be like uh, the wolf tones uh, yeah the dubliners yeah he'd file that all in yeah. tea yeah you know yeah <laughs> trying to find, find the music you know? and yeah you know, and, and and the other the other the other thing about paul is he really in one of his in one of his commercials he uh you know he says you know the you know the 
you know, come into the parlor and listen to the music. And it really, that's what he really makes it feel like. He makes it feel like, you know, he's got, he's got the music on in the corner and you're just sitting around having a conversation. And, and, uh, you know, and what's nice about all of you guys, you all have your own, you know, your own flavor. And, you know, you're sort of, you know, Johnny's the high energy guy, Mm -hmm. you know, Seamus is, always going to be Seamus. He's going to be that way. Matt's going to be his way. You know, Billy's going to be your way. And Bob, you know, Bobby, you, you've, you've developed your own little. Yeah. We're trying to look at, I only have one device I'm using, right? Uh, I've I've grown. Well, I, I, I I think I see it. Another well, phone back. There well, that, that's for like Facebook stuff oh, okay. and messages, right. and so all I have right. to keep that handy. Yeah, keep things. that handy. But I'm yeah, grown. I'm not yeah. like all yeah. over the place. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Well, stuff, so it's all I good. think I think I'll get out of the way, and I think I'll let you play the very best in Irish music. I'm uh, looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure to fill in for Professor Paul. My yeah. honor. There we go. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt. Be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>